Welcome to episode two of Call It Country. I'm your host, Francesca. Uh, in this episode, we're going to do new music, same as we did last week. Um, and then we're going to talk about The Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks, uh, newest album. I'm breaking that down. And then I'm going to talk about the Country Music Hall of Fame inductees. So let's jump in. Alright, so let's talk about new music. First, I want to mention one song that came out actually two weeks ago, but I forgot to mention it last week. Uh, Kelly Hammock um, dropped a cover of uh, Lord, I Hope This Day Is Good, which is originally a Don Williams song. Which is uh, What's awesome about it is that she got Alan Jackson on it, which, considering she's a new artist, is pretty impressive. Kelly Hammock's voice is, is awesome. I've heard her on the Opry a couple times and really enjoyed her performance. She does... Um, uh, she does a lot of um, classic country uh, covers when she plays the Opry, uh, which shows she really uh, cares deeply about traditional country, and her voice is pretty traditional too. Uh, then from this week, Jeannie Seeley dropped her new record. Um, Jeannie Seeley's record is, is half um, of her classic songs redone, and then there's a bunch of new songs with collaborations with like Laurie Morgan, Vince Gill, Steve Warner, The Whites... Uh, so it's it's really good. I haven't heard the whole record yet, uh, but I'll say I'm I'm even liking some of my favorites being redone, like her most famous song "Don't Touch Me" or "Can I Sleep in Your Arms Tonight, Mister," because when you redo those classic songs now with uh, with modern sound equipment or modern production, you can hear the instrument so much clearer. Like you can hear the strong cry of a steel guitar. Um, you can hear the fiddle clearly, and the voice is just clearer in general, just simply because the sound equipment is now better. Then, um, also this week, John Party re- uh, re- released a surprise EP. Uh, this was a surprise to everyone. It's it's all covers um, from some of his heroes like Dwight Yoakam and Merle Haggard. Uh, and like most John Party uh, music, it's very well done. Covers uh, include Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox, The Bottle Let Me Down, and Honky Tonk Man, uh, all three of which I like. Uh, Then there's Orville Peck, who also dropped an EP. Orville Peck I was kind of confused about. I I actually thought he was, uh, up until a couple months ago, I thought he was an EDM artist or a hip-hop artist because he he was doing some stuff at the Grammys with Lil Nas X and Diplo, so I kind of thought he was the same thing as Diplo. But then he had uh, this song Summertime come out and I saw it on New Music Friday and I was like, wow, this is like very nouveau classic country, like very well produced cowboy music. Uh, then the second single came called No Glory in the West, which was even better, like well written and very classic country. Um, and then I was like, wow, this guy's not a one-off. Then of course I Googled it and I was like, oh wow, he's actually a country singer. That's he's not just trying a country thing. Um, and that, in fact, the little Nas X and Diplo thing was, in fact, the one-off, not, um, not what I thought. Um, then there's Mo Pitney. Mo Pitney, um, very traditional artist through and through. He released his album, too. Um, standout songs on that include, um, um, uh, Music Man featuring Jamie Johnson and Ain't Looking Back. 
uh, Ain't Looking Back's really catchy, just in general. Um, then there's uh, A Music Man, which which is a um, very deep, sad ballad. Um, I love it, and Jamie Johnson's a great addition to it. Um, the vibe of this song was so strong, it made me cry the first time I actually listened to it. And I don't even particularly connect to the song lyrics myself. It's just, it's such a sad vibe. Um, Mo Pitney's, um, I know him mainly from Country Family Reunion specials, where he's done tributes to Ray Price and things like that almost never his own songs. I would say he's struggling to carve out a place in country music as many traditional artists do. I haven't listened to the whole album, but uh, like I said, those two songs stand out. Um, Then... There's 7500 OBO uh, by Tim McGraw. He released that single. He's releasing singles off this album a lot, but this one's the best song off his upcoming album so far. I usually really like Tim McGraw, but nothing off this album that he's been putting out has really been catching me. They all sounded very overly produced, not catchy, and even auto-tuned a bit, um, i.e. they were not really country and frankly not very Tim McGraw-ish either, like not his vibe. Uh, but with this song coming out, I have new hope for the rest of the album, uh, what it'll be, and it makes sense that this song is a great one and fits in very well as it's a Missy Gallimore pick, which I was seeing that on social media. For those who don't know, Missy Gallimore is a very successful A&R person. Um, most famous clients include like Tim McGraw and Keith Urban. Uh, among other things she does also in the industry, like she runs publishing companies and artist development companies too. Um, but anyway, uh, then there's the Kane Brown EP that was dropped. I was really su- uh, pleasantly surprised with that actually. Um, that the previous album, Kane Brown Experiment record, that came out last year made me a Kane Brown fan. But this time around, I was watching him do collaborations with pop and hip hop artists, not even well known ones. Somebody named um, Swali was one of the ones he collaborated with um, for songs that I didn't even find to be that country or even th- even that good. Like I couldn't even treat them as good pop songs. Um, but that uh, but that song, Worldwide Beautiful. Um, is actually really good um, and it has a really good message uh, and another standout track uh, that was on there was um, I didn't know what love uh, I didn't know what love was which I actually really like too uh, but the best one is a song called BFE which is really <laughs> really strong country instruments on there uh, clearly there's fiddle all throughout that song um, and what I think is Telecaster guitar um, that like the kind of thing that Brad Paisley plays, um, but regardless, it's loud and clear on that song. Um, kind of funny. I saw this on Instagram a couple times that um, people were like, "Oh, I, th- I thought I was dreaming when I heard a fiddle on Kane Brown music," and literally, I thought the same thing. Um, and then lastly, Morgan Wallen put out a song, Seven Summers, which is that one was had a lot of hype behind it before it came out because people are loving Morgan Wallen. Um, I'm finding a lot of people I know that don't even like country music or know about it like Morgan Wallen uh, and know his songs like Chasing You and Whiskey Glasses. 
Uh, he's also really big on TikTok, from what I hear. That's some of the reason for his popularity. Um, that's what I love about Morgan Wallen. He's what I'm going to call um, a gateway country artist, meaning one that um, appeals to the general music listener, not necessarily a country fan, who in this way introduces listeners to country music where they can discover more artists like that. Um, Dan and Shay that I talked about last week are who I would also call a gateway country artist. Um, this is most important to me because I don't think country music has to be such an obscure genre as it is now, like a, a genre that's off to the side. I believe that there's a subgenre of country music or type of country music for everyone. That's why I don't like when people say I don't like country music. Well, I'm like, well, then you haven't heard all of country music because whether it's like country rock version of country music, like Eric Church or Brantley Gilbert or a hip hop and or R&B type of artist like Sam Hunt or Kane Brown, or even like a John Mayer songwriter type of artist like Steve Mochler or Walker Hayes are. Country music's so diverse and amazing that there's something there for everyone. That's why you hear things like genres aren't a thing or music has no boundaries. Um, anyway, like I said, there's a lot of new music out this week, so check some of it out. now to talking about the chicks new album uh formerly they were the dixie chicks uh now they're called the chicks um forgive me if i'm a little forgetful and accidentally called them the dixie chicks um just still getting used to it but anyway they released their their newest album after so many years of being off um the album's really good uh, a lot of powerful ballads which which i love i love a sad song um, my favorite tracks are young man and set me free the the story that's being told across the album is about lead singer natalie main's divorce and how that uncoupling was due to his cheating and man the lyrics really cut deep on a lot of those tracks a lot of truth telling being done here um like the song sleep at night um the lyrics go um, I remember when you brought her to our show at the Hollywood Bowl. She said, I love you. I'm such a fan. I said, you can love me as long as you don't love my man. Jeez, that's very specific. Um, anyway, but my favorite lyric is in the song Set Be Free, where she says in the bridge, just because you've been a bad guy, I've seen it with my own eyes. There's a good guy in there. And then into the chorus with this strong and powerful cry, decency would be for you to sign and release me. Just that's the best. Um, best song off the record I think um I really like uh I really like it but it is a lot more contemporary than a lot of their older records um I think this is because they're trying to be country without being fully country um I'm, I'm observing what I think is them trying to avoid promoting their um their new record to country music organizations uh news outlets or radio uh, because the format and industry turned on them before. When I say before, I mean in the early 2000s um, when singer Natalie Maines um, during a concert said something about the current president at the time, Bush, and basically the industry as well as the fans um, turned on them. Um, so I think that they're specifically avoiding country radio now because of that. Um, and radio personality Bobby Bones is like, hey, why are you ignoring me? Um, I just want to play your records. Why are you ignoring me? Um, and I think that they're doing that because even though it wasn't 
him who turned on them, because obviously he wasn't even in the format at the time, they're grouping it all together under one country radio umbrella, um, which sucks for Bobby, who is actually a genuine fan of them. But, uh, yeah. Um, the reason I think this is because the platforms they're using to promote the record are extremely mainstream, and they're also like LA um, outlets, or New York outlets. Um, Howard Stern, Today Show, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. The only country platform I saw Natalie Maine's interview with was Elizabeth Cook's radio show on Sirius XM, which makes sense because, firstly, Elizabeth Cook takes no crap either and doesn't conform to industry things she doesn't want to do. So, and then also, her outlet is also for Outlaw Country or Americana, which in itself is not really a mainstream country promotion outlet anyway, so I don't figure that that counts. Um... So, like, uh, no doubt um, about it that that their record and the Chooks themselves are country. Um, the songwriting is very country storytelling and emotional, and there's fiddle and banjo on a lot of the tracks because um, one of them plays banjo, one of them plays fiddle. Um, but uh, there's just more production and a modernness to this record that shows they've obviously evolved since 2003. However, on a different note, I think they... They also made an intentional effort to also avoid Nashville writers and producers too, um, who may have scorned them years ago as well, because they co-wrote and produced this entire record with a pop producer named Jack Antonoff. He's a popular producer, but he's an LA producer, right? Um, which worked out great regardless, because the record's still very good, still very country. Um, but again, it's avoiding anyone who's involved in the country format. And then additionally, the more um, the more production... I don't want to say overproduction, just just more production that they used, um, I think is also meant to appeal to more than just the country audience, because I also feel that they feel scorned by the country fandom as well, because um, they were ripped apart on Twitter during that scandal as well. Um, Overall, nothing against the album, but I do see an intentional avoidance of country news or radio outlets to to promote their music, avoidance of Nashville or country producers and writers, and a push to look beyond the, um, the country fans, but to also have a mainstream success as well. Um, because like I said, country turned on them once before and they're not gonna bother going down this road again. Last thing I want to talk about is Country Music Hall of Fame inductees that were announced this week. Um, they are songwriter Dean Dillon, uh, Hank Williams Jr., and Marty Stewart. Uh, awesome picks this year, first off. Um, I'm going to break them down one by one. So Dean Dillon has written many country hits, like The Chair for George Strait, and Keith. Anywhere, he wrote uh, Keith Whitley's first hit, Miami, Miami. Um, then there's Hank Jr., uh, that's very well deserved as well, uh, and long overdue, as Hank Jr. is the largest influence of many of these country artists um, in the last couple decades, and many credit him for their style and love of country music. Um, but either way, I'm happy that it's happening now, and I know that it means a lot to the family, especially right now. Um, Hank Williams Jr. will be the second member of the Williams family to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Quite a legacy there, Hank Sr. being the first. Um, Both figures are very important to the evolution of country music. Um, 
with the two uh, distinct styles that they um, brought to country music. Uh, then there's Marty Stewart. I'm gonna say this, but don't judge me too harshly. Um, Marty Stewart has obviously had a great recording career in his time, um, and he has lived a storied life in country music for sure, as he's played with Bill Monroe, and he was a member of both Lester Flatt's band, uh, Bluegrass Band, um, and Johnny Cash's touring band as well. But I would say that what, uh, most of all takes him to the next level and makes him worthy of that Hall of Fame kind of status um, is his push for the continuation of traditional country and how he um, consistently references and speaks out about classic country music and the origins of country music. Um, He, I would say, is the ultimate curator and historian of country music. Um, Every chance he gets, he makes reference and tells... um, stories about huge pillars of country music, Hank Williams, Ernest Tubb, etc., etc. Um, whether that's in interviews he does or documentaries or shows that he plays, whether they're televised or not, similar to um, how um, fellow country music hall of famer Ricky Skaggs does with um, bluegrass music, he makes a, um, Marty, Marty Stewart makes a conscious decision after, uh, after his recording career to use that platform he has now and instead of making, uh, continuing to uh, try to push his own career, he uses his platform in the constant preservation of and teaching of what the uh, roots of country music are and what true country music is, um, to, to teach to the younger generation of artists and of fans. I can say myself that I've learned so many things about country music by hearing Marty Stewart speak about them. Even most recently, Marty Stewart brought father of country music, Jimmy Rogers' guitar to the Opry for the live stream event, um, live stream, sorry, live stream showing of the Saturday Night Grand Ole Opry, and he played a Jimmy Rogers tune on it called No Hard Times, which now I can say is a song that I know and even know the words to, just simply because Marty Stewart played it on the Opry. Um, So that's why he belongs in the Hall of Fame, um, more than just because of his recording success. So um, that's all I have for you this week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Call It Country. You can follow my Instagram at call underscore it underscore country pod. I know it's a little confusing. Uh, Replay that part if you have to, lol. Um, (laughs) And join me next week for another episode of Call of Country.